and I was a contractor and uh, with one of the companies. Um, we were in an IED, so I got blown up in that. Um, and then the other one was... Hang on a minute. Don't just... You can't just skim over that. I got blown... I read this in the in your book, actually. Um, so explain that actual event because it wasn't just, oh, yeah, I got blown up. You had to pull people out of that wreckage. Oh, that's a different event, oh. that one. Yeah. That's a different event. I don't know. I think I've got it in the book where I got blown up. Uh, it was my first contract in Iraq with... Today's guest has actually been on the podcast before. He's an ex-Special Forces Combat Controller. He's written a book, Havoc 06, which is an autobiography about his life. He's also just had a short proof of concept film made about that life. And I now, most of all, am pleased to be able to call him and his fiance mates. Episode 93, Troy Knight. Welcome to One Moment Please, the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success, and you take a moment to tune in, so bring on the inspiration. All right, I think we're good. What do you mean last ever podcast? Oh, hi, babe, by the way. <laughs> Good to see you. I, lo- I love seeing that smile of yours. It's uh, it's awesome. And thanks for having us back on your podcast. So, yeah, like I said, it's going to be the last podcast that I do for a guest. I think everyone's sick of hearing uh, my story. Well, last podcast, but not last episode, because you'll have to do many more episodes with me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll, I'm, I'll, nod and smile. Nod and smile. That's the way I've learned to get through life. Nod and smile. So, I think that... Um, uh, people will probably need to know that we are mates now. Yeah, yeah. Due to, obviously, you had me on, I think it was about February, March, earlier in the year, you had me on your podcast. And um, then uh, myself and my partner, Bree, came down to Victoria and visited uh, yourself and your partner, Andrew. Yeah, husband. Yeah, husband. Yeah, he put a ring on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, in the the words of Beyonce, you've got to put a ring on it. But um, Exactly. Yeah, but we've become very good mates and we chat, what, on a weekly basis now. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a privilege of mine to meet uh, special people like yourself and your husband. And, yeah, here we are. So, you've got the last ever podcast as a guest because i still obviously i host uh, co-host every now and again another podcast but you can uh, plug it it's fine <laughs> no it's all right it's all right we, we, yeah that's a conflict of interest business-wise isn't it no no, <laughs> no. it's fine it's it's, it's podcasting is a friendly industry so it's fine don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah well and then but then you've got uh you know I, i'm trying to put it in a uh a way that doesn't offend people in this woke society of today. It's a, you've got sort don't of get me in trouble. Trey. Yeah, well, can't do that, you know. But uh, you've got sort of podcast whores like myself and Keithy Banks and stuff like that. We uh, leave Keithy out. <laughs> <Keithy's laughs> we we farm ourselves out to anyone and everyone who's willing to listen. <laughs> well, you know, I think that that's that's fine. I just. I, I mean, I like interviewing people because I don't have an interesting story, so I'm happy to sort of... But see, I beg to differ. I think you do have an interesting story because you've just, with uh, Andrew, your husband, you've just packed up and just decided to just travel around Australia. Like, that's an amazing story. Uh, I'm jealous. I really am jealous. Well, you too can do this, Troy. I know, but it takes a lot to do that. Does it? It does. It Believe it or not, it does. 
don't think it does all that gotta, much. You've got to give up the comfort of uh, your local living area and you've just got to throw it all into the wind and, and do it. But, yeah, but uh, then you become like, I'm like a turtle. I have my house with me. This was because I came here. We didn't take the van today. We borrowed a mate's car. Yeah. And I had to remember to get stuff. I ran back to the van like three times because I'd forgotten things. <laughs> I'm used to just carrying everything with me as I go. As long as you didn't forget George, that's the main thing. George, you my cat. <laughs> no, he's being cat sat today, so it's fine. He's getting spoiled. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with spoiling <laughs> a cat. <laughs> Crazy cat lady, you know, there's, I know. A, there's a saying you know, out there called crazy cat lady. Do you know, part of, like, I send you the cat photos because I know that you hate cats, <laughs> so I send them to you just to rile you up. It so doesn't roll me up. It doesn't? It? Oh, God, intended effect not happening then. No, I've uh, grown a soft spot for George. Have you really? Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. So, I'm, and I'm not a cat person one bit. Uh, yeah. But I've grown a soft spot for him. Well, you, everyone else can follow George the Travelling Cat on Instagram and uh, see what Troy's talking about. He's uh, getting around in his cat pram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, you lose man credits there. Come on. <laughs> well, what are you doing? You can't leave him in a hot car. No, true. So you've got to yeah. swallow some pride and take him with you. And put him put him on a lead. Does he walk on a lead? He's not really lead trained. Uh, he was an inside cat for 11 years. So yeah, he's not really no, lead trained. He's getting there though. But... Mm. I'm surprised any cat can go on a lead because they are, like, they're predators. Like, they get out there and you give them a chance. Like, I've watched friends, other friends' cats with ha- that have had bells on around their neck and they can stalk a bird like there's no tomorrow without making the bell ring. Really? Yeah, so oh, they're, no. they're predators. He wouldn't even know what to do. He's, <laughs> he just sits there and watches them, talks to them. <laughs> but enough about George. Congratulations on the movie. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, short proof of concept film. Again, it's it's not technically my story. It's the old movie you know, adage of based on a true story, yeah. inspired by, obviously, uh, my book. Um, Havoc 07. Uh, zero 06. Yeah, 06. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Zero, uh, if 07's, if 07's, yeah, well. Another I'm, bloke. Yeah, if 07's <laughs> listening to this, I'm not stealing your thunder, mate. But uh, yeah, zero uh, six, I'm double zero, uh, double zero 006. Not, yeah, you know, I was before James Bond, double zero 007. So, or zero zero 007. So. And obviously more chaotic with Havoc because you're cool, son, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And more chaotic with my life as well. So, you know, it goes a million miles a minute. It's not so chaotic now. I think it's... No, it is uh, very calm these days. So, you know, once you get out of the military and you take that next step um, and you find your direction in life, like I'm I'm still finding my footing in life uh, with the next side of things, but it is a lot calmer than what it was, uh, especially through, you know, in theory, not theory, but we were. We were at war for 20 years and... Mm. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, I participated in a lot of that stuff. So now that it's all calmed down and I'm, I've left the military, like I still have a lot to do with the, the guys that, guys and girls that I worked with, and um, but it's a lot, it's it, it's a lot calmer. It's a lot, definitely a lot calmer. Well, you're also in a stable relation. Not that you weren't before, but you're also in like, you know. You're all loved up, mate, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much, <laughs> it's pretty much that way. I I just sit there and. I've started adopting the term because I've been part of this new generation, or not part of, but, you know, starting to think I'm a lot younger than what I am, but I use the term froth all the time, and uh, I hear my partner's stories because of her job, and she just does amazing things, I'm just like, ah, oh, 
that's amazing. Like, that's awesome. And, you know, I get excited about that. So I live off her coattails, so it's pretty easy. Well, I must say that I'm enjoying the, the shaved look of the face. Oh, yeah. I forgot last time I had a... Yeah, you had a full bush ranger beard. A little bit of a beard. It a, was a multicoloured beard at the time too because, yeah, being a uh, middle-aged gentleman, um, I had grey, red, brown... Would you call yourself middle-aged? Yeah, well, I'm 45. Does that mean Andrew's middle-aged too? How old's Andrew? Same age as you. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's middle-aged. Is he 45? Or is middle-aged 50? Can we just say that it's 50? So yeah. Therefore, I'm, yeah. Well, it's the same with, uh, yeah, with Bree. Is, you know, she's with a middle age. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a lot younger than Andrew, so. Well, I think it's, a, yeah, I think it's got a lot to do with, uh, and I'm not talking bad about men by any chance, but our brains just don't mature that early. No. So it takes, like, I'll, I'm still, you know. One of my nicknames, I think I was saying this to you in the original podcast, but one of my nicknames was Peter Pan because I was like the boy who you never grew say, up. I don't think you said that to you me. Know? Oh, no. Yeah. So my, one of my nicknames, one of my many nicknames, I was Peter Pan. You Pan. can tell me the other ones off air when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was like the boy who never grows up. So I think it's like, you know, a man five to 10 years older than a woman. Like when you reach, obviously, you know, a little bit more of age, but our brains mature at the same rates. Oh, now that you now that you have that age difference, yeah. now you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, an eighteen year old to a twenty eight year old is different to say a thirty five year old to a forty five year old. You get what I mean? My dad told me that no man, when I was a lot younger and dating, he said no man should get married before the age of thirty. I actually, I I did. Um, but I actually agree with your dad's logic. He did you too. Know, that's, he, with yeah. the, that's with the benefit of hindsight. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I've had wonderful, uh, I had wonderful children at an early age mm. as well. So, so my, and, and I should preface this, my parents are still together yep. and they got married in the early 20s, yep. um, which was normal back then, back in the day. You burping on my podcast? I did. I just it's the, it's the, uh, it's the milk. I'm gonna the, leave that one in. It's the milk in the coffee that's. Uh, I don't. Normally, I thought it was a Bailey's or something. No, no, you can, you can. No, I've got uh, black coffee there, and that one's with milk. It's like full cream milk, but it's one of the cold brews that's um, ah. from Warfighter Coffee. I'm gonna give them a plug. Go to Warfighter Coffee and you get. Can yeah, get some of the best coffee that you can get here in Australia. So we'll I heard that they were sponsoring the um, event they are. today. They're sponsoring uh, the event with uh, Dylan and Brothers and Books. And again, go to Brothers and Books and he is doing some amazing stuff charity-wise, donating towards Legacy. He's basically uh, getting people to read and creating libraries around the country uh, for both. At the moment, it's first responders and military but he's doing so much more and it's absolutely amazing. But yeah, Warfighter Coffee, um, myself and a few others are helping out with the event and obviously Fiona's coming along to I'm meet everyone. Tag, a, yeah. tag along to yeah. catch up with Keithy and yeah, meet the, meet the guys who sound amazing that you're going to be there. Dylan sounds amazing. 
Yeah, Dylan is Dylan is amazing. He's been through a lot himself. Has he? Yeah. So he was like, bring your podcasting stuff and podcast there. Well, that's what I said. If you bring your podcast stuff. Oh, yeah, maybe I will. It's going to be in the car. Maybe I'll be like, hey. Yeah, you can just roll it out. Yeah. <laughs> just roll it out and set it up. <laughs> Were you impressed with the kit? Like, <laughs> I know. It's funny how... In my little must, suitcase. We, yeah, we must have the same advisors for computer equipment because we've both got the same sort of equipment here. We do. That's it's my right. heart. But I can, <laughs> but I can say... So my husband, um, for the listeners, recommended the laptops. He's a bit of a tech head. But the podcast stuff was all me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to sell you short. Yeah, so. no, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to hide behind a man. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. So what's on now for – you've got the movie. When does that Proof of Concept movie come out? Uh, that'll come out. It'll, so it'll be a 12 to 15-minute movie. Um, it's been sponsored by some amazing uh, companies here in Australia. But it'll come out. In February, there's a film festival in Victoria, and if I was a better promoter of things, I'd actually understand the promotion, the actual film festival that it was part of. But um, yeah, it's going to come out in February at some stage, and it'll be played originally at some eclectic cinema in Melbourne. <laughs> so it might be the Rivoli or something I in Camberwell. It's, yeah, it's, they do a lot of the more the premiere stuff. I don't know. Yeah, but um, the direct... To be advised. Exactly, to be advised. And uh, hopefully you'll see it first on uh, your podcast as well. So, But the director did an amazing job. I went down as an advisor and it was just... it tr- Like to see people acting and playing the role of me, it was not only me, but, you know, f- friends and family and stuff like that. It was it's kind of surreal to just be on that... It's like you're dreaming and you're looking at yourself and then it was also a bit emotional at times because I was just like, yeah, I really did that and I was a dick and yeah, it brought it home. It was kind of different. Did it allow you to be reflective over that? Uh, It did, but I think I'd already sort of reached that point with... Uh, when I wrote the book, but it was just different. Like, for instance, one of the actress, like everyone's an, so I, so I got advised, everyone's an actor these days. No one's an actress or act, actor because I was going. Unisex, are we unisex? <laughs> exactly, because, you know, we're a woke society and everyone's just unisex. But uh, so I'm referring to the actresses as actresses and, and, and then I'm getting corrected by, yeah, the film star. Oh, really? Yeah, they're going, no, everyone's just an actor. And I'm just like, okay, oh, no worries. Okay. Um, but uh, one of the girls who... So one plays my ex-wife. Uh, one plays my later love interest, um, well, partner, you know, at the time. And just when they played out a scene and it just hit me for six and I actually had to walk out off, off set and I just went... Because it was just the Matt Jackson, I think his name is uh, Matt, who plays me in the movie. Um, he just did such a terrific job. And then uh, when they were playing a scene, which just sunk in with me because it actually happened, it just hit me. And I just had to walk out, had to walk off set, had to go. Pretty much shed a tear behind a tree and just like, yep, that happened. 
So it was uh, it was good. It was you know they did a good job. Everyone everyone there did an amazing job. I can't ask for a better bunch of people to play a short film. So hopefully it gets picked up for a uh, a bigger style film. But if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's so. Did you find the process healing at all? Uh, yes and no. I didn't really think about it that way. So I uh, had two close friends down there that I've worked with. Uh, one was former commando who I'd served with in Afghanistan and the other one was a former um, military member who I'd done bodyguard work with afterwards and we were uh, great mates as well. So it was good to have them there at the time because they helped out with the advising and because and it was too much for me just to do on my own. But the actual healing process, I think I'd done majority of the healing process through, you know, the cathartic side of things through writing the book. Um, but then you said that it hit you more. So did it? Did you put in any phone calls and make apologies? No. <laughs> I've, I've already made every apology that I can. There's only so many times that you can apologize to upsetting someone yeah, this so, is true. Or, or people, multiple people. So. And other people just block you anyway, so I'm probably on the ban list for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Now, your book, Havoc 06, which is actually in front of me at the moment, um, what's the, where's that going at the moment? Are you doing still for sale? It is still for sale. Uh, I think we've just printed off another uh, gazillion, copies. gazillion yeah. copies. Yeah, I'd love to sit there uh, and say that I'm world's best-selling author, you know, comparative to say, you know, one or the other, you know, Dean Koontz or Stephen King or, you know, someone like that. But um, I've never heard of Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz? No. Koontz or Koontz? No, Koontz. Yeah, so what? What? K, I, I think it's K-O-O-N-T-Z, Koontz. Oh, I thought you were going to get me no, blacklisted no. for a moment. No, we won't say that. Cancel. We won't say that. Don't say that. And I definitely didn't create the Harry Potter series. So. Oh, you didn't? No. Damn no. it. I've uh, <laughs> I've got a I've got a good friend, uh, Nathan Best is his name, and he's releasing a fictitious series, like fictional, obviously, but um, but it's based off a lot of military side of things. And then obviously, yeah, my co-author Brooke Strawn, she's got her subject series. So if you're into fictional side of things. Um, go check out them too, Nathan Best and Book Strong. Have you thought about what next year is going to entail for you? You've had a pretty busy th- year this year and a lot of the stuff that came up this year from conversations with you kind of just, you weren't expecting, that kind of just came your way and you ran with it. Yeah, it did and that, that was pretty much it. It was like, it was literally living week to week. Pre- or not living, like I obviously had money to live but... In terms of things coming at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get a phone call from um, the media side of the publishing house and then all of a sudden you're doing an event or something's happening and then, you know, there was Nitro Circus and then there was also, you know, Black Rifle Coffee, which is in the States, but Warfighter Coffee here in Australia. Um, Yeah, it just so happened oh, well you know J.O. anyway yeah Archer, he's such a, a sweetheart can i say that who the just pulled world, a triple backflip that was the world exclusive you remember me posting on that you know the tears on instagram because i had yeah. to delete the world exclusive he mentioned that on the podcast and he's like you have to take that out because i'm going to get in trouble and i was like oh my god that was a world exclusive and then obviously he did it but i had 
Did it here in Brisbane too. Yeah. Good and on I, him though. And then got engaged. He did. He um so Jay, hopefully you listen to this. I'll, I'll record this part anyway and then uh, play it back to him. <laughs> but so for people that don't know, Jay pulled the first ever triple backflip in competition at Nitro Circus World Games here in uh, Queensland. And such a sweetheart too. Absolutely amazing guy. Young gentleman and just so driven and so focused. And his mental resilience is second enough. Snapped his femur trying this trick years ago. So second person to ever pull the triple backflip. But he's the first person to pull it in competition. Then proposed to his wife, or now wife Beth. Are they married already? No, no, sorry. Fiance. 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 Um, I get all mixed up with these... uh, Terminologies. Marital terminologies. <laughs> yeah, you know, I say partner and you, you correct me and go husband. And he I'm just like, uh, yeah. I'll just refer back to Beyonce and, uh, or as I like to call her, Beyonce. So, Beyonce, if you're listening, give me a shout out later on. So, but, um, because of course she is. <laughs> um, but J.O. is such a, yeah. But J.O., when he uh, proposed to his now fiance, he had the ring box upside down. And he opened it up towards himself. Oh, I saw he put that. It wouldn't have mattered though. But I saw that he had, he mentioned that on, I think it was on social media, but he's just such a quietly driven, like I said to him, you know, what are you, like, what, what's next? What's the next ambitions? He's like, I don't want to say because I don't like to advertise it, you know, like it's in my head. I just want to keep it there. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't honestly know myself but uh, and i'll definitely if i did know i wouldn't no but, i'm not um, asking you to steal secrets <laughs> i'm saying that's it's a, a that quiet confidence in terms of oh, he's yeah. not out saying there's, there's no big noting in terms of you know he's not what you think uh well, and i don't mean you but everyone sits there and goes oh, okay a freestyle motocross rider who rides for nitro circus and a lot of other companies everyone sits there and just goes, oh, they must be dumb and they must be, you know, brav- full of bravado and stuff like that. Like, he's he's confident, but he's well-spoken, as you know. He's very articulate. Um, very articulate, and he's a very hard worker. Like, he mm. gets up at, like, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, hits the gym, does his rehab for his leg because he snapped his femur originally, then goes to work and does, like, an 8- to 12-hour shift. Mm. Like the, the guy is just a walking representation of resilience, in my eyes. I interviewed... Um Emma, who's a uh, female motocross uh, person. Yep. I don't know the correct terminology. And she's... (laughs) (laughs) She's she's incredible. She broke her neck and was out there still going and... It's a different breed of people. It is. It is. And, you know, uh, my nephew, he broke his neck riding motorbikes, like doing jumps. And he taught himself to walk again. What do you mean he taught? As in, like he didn't do through re- he did through rehab. Yeah, he did rehab, but yeah. he just had the resilience to yeah. keep going and going and going. Yeah. Have you listened to? You better say yes to this. Have you listened to Billy Henneman's episode that I just published? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his neck bodyboarding. Oh wow! Um, and had to go through that process and rewalk again. So I don't know if I like. Just to try, yeah. You know, I was lucky in in life that I've never had any. Like I broke my back parachuting, but nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Did like, you have to re? I can't remember if we discussed this in your original episode. Did you have to re? Like, how bad was that break? Uh, it was a compression fracture, right? Of one of my 
T-series, one of the mid-series, the thoracics. Right. Um, yeah, so at the moment it sort of sits semi-crushed on an angle. It's pretty degenerated at the moment, but um, they've offered to do surgery, but they've given me no guarantee that surgery will do anything. So, But um, if it's I crushed, th- isn't it impending on your spinal cord? Uh no, well, I, good question. I don't know. It's uh, it's not like it's not completely just exploded. It's sort of on one side through the compression. It sort of sits, and uh, I suppose for the listeners, I'm doing hand hand gestures here at the moment, <laughs> just showing for you how it sort of sits. Do you but, lean to the side and walk in circles? Um, I've not noticed it. Yeah, but that's just me normally. <laughs> so. But After a few drinks. Yeah. <laughs> no, a few drinks straightens me up and then I walk straight. So it's easy that way. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it, it, it was classified as a compression fracture. And, yeah, it, I walked off the drop zone. So I was knocked out. The, the part they were more worried about was I was knocked out for over five minutes. I was out cold for five minutes, uh, plus five minutes. Wow. So, um, which apparently is not a good thing. So no, I not that. really. No. So that probably explains a few screws loose in my head because that well, and the repeated blastings that you've been exposed. Yeah, to. yeah. The yeah, been in a few explosions and been uh, having. Well, you were calling in the explosions, Troy. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, no, I've been blowing up as well in a. Uh, oh I, okay, a we have improvised. to get into this. For those that don't know, we could probably so Troy. <laughs> You should probably go back and listen to the first episode, but Troy is ex-Special Forces and if you have not listened to it, he is one of the first to go through and be Special Forces within the Air Force. Um, And within that training, they complete the Army Commando course, but then was a combat controller. So he was the person speaking to the planes in the air, dropping the bombs. Yeah, that's Is that a good uh, summary of it? Yeah, that's pretty much uh, the best summary you could give. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I... When I got blown up, um, I was uh, a bodyguard. So I got out. I got out. I became. Oh, a re- this was the car accident. Yeah, I was a reservist for a couple of years, and before I went through the special forces pipeline, and I was a contractor and uh, with one of the companies. Um, we were in an IED, so I got blown up in that. Um, and then the other one was. Hang on a minute. Don't just you can't just skim over that. I got blo- I read this in the in your book actually. Um, so explain that actual event because it wasn't just oh yeah I got blown up. You had to pull people out of that wreckage. Oh, that's a different event. Oh. That one, yeah, that's a different event. I don't know. I think I've got it in the book where I got blown up. Uh, it was my first contract in Iraq with uh, Armour Group, being a, a British company and wasn't even my team uh i was just an extra guy on the event and we just went through an ied and the ied um it didn't wreck the car per se like it did wreck the car but the car was still drivable on the run flats and the ied was either poorly laid or it was too deep so it didn't get the full blast so i was in that but the the big one you're talking about uh which yeah i've got as a chapter in the book and i was supposed to drive the car that got blown up and the driver subsequently got killed unfortunately um, and he got hit I it was three vehicle motorcade I was in the last I was driving the last vehicle um, 
The second vehicle had the clients in it push through. Push through, when I say push through, push through what we call the kill zone into a safety spot where, like a, a safe area where the bodyguards could, you know, pr provide protection to us getting, looking after the wounded in the last vehicle. Sorry. And, uh, sorry, to the first vehicle. And, but, the, you know, the clients are also in protection. So, we pulled in, um, the force of the blast had sort of melded or welded the door shut on the safe side of the vehicle, so we couldn't get the clients out. Now, we're in armoured vehicles at the time, but they used a EFP, which is an ex uh, explosive form projectile, which basically is a, it pierces through, like it'll pierce through a tank. And so I had to go to the open side uh, of the canal. So the vehicle just stopped. We're driving down a canal road and the vehicle just stopped just before it went in the canal. So I'm triaging. So the team commander is on the phone to the regional operations center getting a medivac in. At the time, it was the Italians. Um, the rear gunner in our vehicle had dismounted and he's providing protection for me and I'm I'm the one doing I'm triaging because I'd, I'd upskilled uh, in a medical course in America at the time so I was sort of like the team medic I wasn't like a full-blown medic and I don't pretend to be but I'm triaging so the first guy was the driver that I sort of reached over because he come in because it's left-hand drive uh, with our vehicles over there and the first guy's dead he's got hole he's got a big hole in his side and yeah he's dead so when you triage people you sort of you go for the extenuating bleeding and you've got to try and stop the bleeding and then it's breathing and stuff like that um second guy i come across has got some resemblance of life in him um and it's not like you see in the movies where everyone goes and gets a radio or a carotid pulse, like everyone puts their fingers on, which, which, which you do, but to try and find that in that situation, and especially if they've been wounded, the blood pressure is a lot lower, so you don't feel it. So you know, now you've got like pulse oximeters and stuff like that, or you have done for years. I didn't have one back then. Um, so you know, that's the little things you put on your finger and tells you everything. So I could see there was life in him. Uh, I could feel that there was life, like he was sort of groaning and stuff. So that was fine. And then the, um, the operator in the back, um, I mentioned him in the book, Eric. <sighs> Absolute worry, this guy. He, the IED blast, had scooped out his nose. So picture, picture no nose cavity. And the top of your lip gone, so there's just a hole from your eyes to your mouth. Now he wasn't, and he had part of his tongue blown off as well. He wasn't labouring with his breathing. He still had good respiration. He was conscious, which the other guy in the front wasn't conscious, but he showed signs of life. So yeah, I'm trying to get both of those guys out of the car, and as I'm trying to get them out. Lie him down, trio, like, 
you know, I was, and I'm sitting there going, I don't know how to deal with these type of ones. Like, I knew how to deal with the unconscious guy. I was like, yeah, cool. Um, I can deal with this wound. I didn't know how to deal with with Eric's wound. And, like, there was no extenuating bleeding. He was breathing. He was conscious. He wasn't in a great way. But he was still moving around and still able to sort of... He extracted himself from the car, actually, uh, under fire when uh, we got in contact. So I didn't... Like, I remember just sitting there going, I don't know how to deal with it. I've never trained in a scenario where to deal with this wound. So I just had to sort of go back to basics and just went, okay, there's no massive bleeding that I need to stop. He's breathing. So I went to went to the other guy, and as I'm sort of getting him out of the car... So Eric climbed it actually... I got the front door of the passenger side open, but the back door, even the passenger, uh, sorry, of the passenger side had again been sort of just melted shut by the, the heat and everything of the blast. Eric, the window had blown out. Um, so Eric climbed out the window as I was getting um, the lead of the front guy out. And then as that's happened, um, the insurgents in Iraq opened up on us and from the other side of the canal so with you know automatic fire so fires pinging around and literally felt like an eternity you know you, you hear all the scenarios but uh it literally was probably about 10 to 20 seconds there was just fire raking down um i returned fire myself because i still had my weapon on me but the predominant action was shana former um, special Forces uh, Recon Marine and of America, you know, from the US. He returned fire and he just pinned him down and regained the initiative, I suppose, and um, yeah, stopped it. And then we treated the cage, dragged him around. I ended up grabbing Shane and we dragged him around um, into the cover between the two vehicles, which is that's the original plan. Like you put two armored vehicles together and you've got cover in between because they're bulletproof, but unfortunately we couldn't open those doors because they were just blasted shut so yeah that's that's that big contact so um when i say big yeah 10 to 20 seconds of my life but what made you then because you hadn't even entered the special forces side of things at that stage what after going through that what made you then go okay yeah i want um thirst for adventure i suppose it's i still had it like it didn't really it didn't scare me i I wanted it more, to be honest. Um, really? Yeah, and it's because it sounds like when you repeat it now, it sounds like quite a, like I can see the emotion in that. Like it was quite a traumatic. It looks like it was quite a traumatic event, and it sounds like it. So to me, as a lay person, I'd be like, "Why would you want to put yourself in a situation where that could happen again?" Young and dumb, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like, I don't. now, uh, do I have? The want to do something like that again? No, I enjoy. Yeah, man, this cup of coffee. I like going to my yeah. I like going to get a cup of coffee in the morning. I like having you know, I like chatting to my children. I like you know, um, hanging out with my my partner. Um, yeah, and so like, eh, I did my time. It's uh, but yeah, at the time it was just that thirst of adventure, and that's what led to a couple other short contracts and then led to getting back into military full time because I was still a reservist at the time. Um, but 
I shouldn't have been a reservist because it was a, <laughs> it was a bit of conflict of interest. I think people just didn't really see, you know, didn't line the was ones Was it common? Uh, no, a mate of mine who did it got actually kicked out of the reserve. Uh, well, I'm but, not deleting <laughs> this part of the podcast, right? <laughs> so, I, 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 You're out now, it's fine. Yeah, I'm exactly, sure. Exactly. Is there a statute of limitations on that sort of stuff? Oh, well, there's, uh, I, th- I think, that, yeah, as long as I don't breach any Secrecy Act, because there's, uh, <laughs> there's a 30-year year clause on the Secrecy Act, but um, I'm not breaching any secrets. Like, it's not anything. Like, I've already published a book with it. Like, I know, right. So... You know, it's so funny. I don't think I've ever told you this. My grandmother, what was the, was it Z unit? What was before they were SAS? It was Z unit, right? Yeah, it was Z unit. So I think SAS came around in the uh, 50s and it was only a SAS company, I believe. Uh, again, don't correct me on it. Uh, I'll correct me on it. Um, not my unit. So, you know, there's no, I don't have history you know, outside of working with them in a training environment. But yeah, it was Z Special Forces. It was independent companies, Z Special Forces. Um, yeah, they were the World War II ones. So. so my grandmother was a secretary for them during the war. Wow. And I used to be like, T- like, tell me about it. And she's like, no. Even to this day, she's 95. She's like, no. She's like, takes the secrecy act. So I'm like, it's well and truly over. Tell me some stuff. Yeah. And she's like, no. Yeah, that secrecy act would have ended in the 70s. For yeah, some she, won't, <laughs> she won't even... No, won't even talk. And I, she's actually never directly. It was. She's told me how she got the the job because her father knew someone that needed the secretary, and that's how it all happened. But um, apart from that, no other information has come out. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe you could keep it for seventy years. It's a good a bit excessive. Just ply me full of uh, vodka and Red Bull. No, and, uh, <laughs> I don't want to know any of it. No. I don't want people at my front no. door. Yeah, it's like the men in black. They just rock up with that that torch. It's uh, it's funny, but yeah, you because know, I held one of the, I held the highest clearance you can get with all the compartments in it in the military, and then they brief you out of it. So you forget it. Like you're not allowed to talk about it, obviously. But it's like they sit there, and when you get briefed out of it. It's like the Men in Black, where they just sit there and really? take a photo. Yeah, the old, you know, the old pen that does the old flash, and it's like, oh, you've just forgotten everything that you've known for the last twenty years. It's so like, funny. I um, uh, when I interviewed the XAZO spy, yeah, I had I knew like I had to be quite like I knew she wasn't going to be able to tell me yeah. about stuff, but I really wanted her to have a laser watch, and she never did. I didn't ask about the shoe phone though. 007 isn't real. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> But I was worried about Minnie Black turning up at my door going, <laughs> I had permission. I always like living on the edge. <laughs> oh, goodness me. So why is this not your last episode, but the last podcast you're going to do that's not your... All right. Are you doing that other podcast full time? Like, what's the deal with that? No, it's just when uh, we can sort of line things up. And okay. Then, uh, so for people that don't know, yeah, I do another podcast where I sort of co-host What's the name times. of that? Um, good question. I'll have to look it up. No. <laughs> I'm not going to wrap another podcast on Why? your Why? I don't care. Yeah? You can do nah, it. It's uh, it's all good. So, But then you have to do mine on that one. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, yeah. That's fine. I don't care if you... I want to get a photo of us and put it up <laughs> no, on No, I don't do photos. <laughs> well, I've already put a photo of no, us I on No, I delete it. So. Oh. <laughs> 
Rookie. Rookie. you got to sell it. One moment, please. I don't need my face out. I, a, I don't want to deal with the trolls. People, The listeners know this. And B, I, it's not about me. It's about the guests. No. It's about you guys. Have Just have a look at uh, a couple of reviews of my book and there's plenty of trolls out there. Exactly. I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> I it's laugh. It's for women. I laugh. If supermodels get trolled, I've got no freaking home. Yeah, it's because people who... like. Majority of people that take time to write, say, a review of a book are doing the right thing. Other people just sit there and, like you said, troll. And it's the same with, you know, Instagram. Unfortunately, Marketing 101 these days, the two top marketing platforms, believe it or not, is Instagram and LinkedIn. Mm. But people will troll, troll you on yeah, LinkedIn's supposed to be a professional platform, but people will still troll you on that. It's getting more and more because, like Facebook. Yeah, yeah, our Facebook's pathetic, but it's you got to look at it as you know what type of person sits there and writes a comment in the negative. Like I understand people writing a positive comment, and look, not everything's always positive. Like there's still you know good and bad things that happen in the world, but someone who sits there and goes out of their way to write a, a bad comment, it's like eh. like I, for instance, you know. There's mistakes in my book, editorial-wise. Um, there's things that I've picked up after the fact, you know, that I, I think I could have done better because that's that uh, creeping excellence that I have with my life and with my work ethic. But people have gone out of their way to write a negative comment, which is fine. And, and it's not... I don't look at... For, for book reviews, I don't look at it as negative. I just think it's, you know... It's positive criticism, so... It's feedback. It's, it is. It's feedback, and it's how I improve myself. Um, but they'll still sit there, write you off, and still sit there and give you a three- or two-star review, and it's like, well, it's not a one-star review, so <laughs> I'm actually win- oh, win- winning, and I'm not winning. winning. Yeah, I, I love that term. Since, hashtag winning. Yeah, hashtag winning. Um, just don't put me in the same category as Charlie Sheen. I was going to say Tiger Blood. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's who I got the. That's who I got it off. But uh, yeah, don't put me in the same category as Charlie Sheen. Oh my goodness! How do you? I mean, going from that environment, the, the the military environment that you were in, in terms of the special forces, it's a very self-critical uh, area. I would say. Is would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, egotistical and it's very self-critical as well. So it goes both ends of the spectrum. Oh, so you don't know if you're Arthur or Martha half the time. No, it's. Um, I didn't realise it. We're at a wedding just on the weekend and then uh, one of my best mates, so I was a groomsman at his wedding and been friends with him for over 20 years. And he met Brie for the first time, Brie being my uh, fiancé. And what? Well, partner? Partner. <laughs> Oh, she's not my wife yet. She still can. Are we announcing? I didn't think that this was public knowledge. I don't care. Um, he's like Troy's, and this is speaking about myself in the third person. But he's he's like Troy's his own worst enemy. Sometimes he's his harshest critic. But that also drove me to get where I got. So. So then, how do you? I would imagine that in that environment, there's 
checks and balances in terms of and people around you, a team around you to help either pull you through a spot where you're being too self-critical and then also to support you in regards to achieving a common goal. How do you then replicate that on the outside now that you're no longer it's, in that environment? Yeah, it's tough. It's um, one of the biggest adjustments that I've ever done. And I'm still figuring that out, to be honest. Um, I'm lucky because I do have a partner who is very supportive of me. So mm. she's my team. And, and still the, the boys that I used Wait, to work I'm with. I'm your team too. Yeah, you're there. You're, you're always there to listen to my whinges when I ring you up. That was the listeners are going to go. That was such a throwaway comment. You're always there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm still figuring it out. Because um, you got to rein like when you get out of the military, you got you literally reinvent yourself. Like you have to, because if you, whilst I talk about a lot of stuff with the military, and obviously the book is about the military, but if you don't reinvent yourself and you hang on too tight to it all. That's where you come unstuck, I think. So you're saying hold on too tight in terms of that's your identity? That's yes, your only identity? Yeah, yeah. So, but in terms of the the mind, like I'm, tra- I'm talking more about that inner voice. Like how do you turn off and turn on that inner voice to regulate it? Because if you've had it in terms of succeeding excellence and you've been in that environment that promotes that, right, so that's reinforced on a daily basis, I would imagine... And then you're coming out. How do you then maintain that mindset, or and not and not if you're saying self-critical, not dwell on that self-critical? Explain it to the listeners and explain it to me, so then we can help ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like like I was saying, it's tough, but you've just got to redirect your focus into. So I do a lot of work for not-for-profit organisations. I've redirected my focus towards that. I mean, there's little things you can do um, personal-wise. Fitness, you can get into your fitness, you can volunteer, you can get into another job. It's like there's no one-size-fits-all in my eyes. It just depends on what you can do. Um, You know, doing a bit of keynote speaking, a bit of guest speaking. Uh, that that helps me because I I see myself helping others. Um, next year I'm getting involved with a junior rugby league team. Yeah, yeah, I'm volunteering down there, and I'm I want to help mentor. Like, yeah, it's it's girls and boys, obviously. Um, oh, I didn't. Junior I, rugby league. What um, age group then is it? If um, it's both. both under sevens and under tens. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so so they're just going to um, follow the ball around. But just for the listeners, I've got my work. I've got my blue card of working with children. So there's no. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I shouldn't even joke about that. And police check, <laughs> and yeah. you know. Yes, I do have a criminal history check. I need that for my security license. So, so. it's not a criminal history check, as in Troy has a criminal history. It's like he doesn't have a criminal history, so <laughs> exactly. he's fine to work with them. Exactly. So, but um. Just mentoring the next, and it's not even the next, it's like what two or three generations below me, but um, if I can make better young men and women out there uh, with more positivity, more of a direct focus, then I've achieved something. And that that internally, intrinsically, helps Mm. me. So... I don't know if I really answered your question. You didn't, but I like it anyway. (laughs) I'm just sitting there going, I don't think that really answered the question. It didn't. I'm more in terms of like mindset in regards to tapping into that mindset that you you have 
for people that haven't gone through that training? How do you stay motivated and not listen to that negative self-talk? Maybe that's a better way of me phrasing the question. Okay. Um, but there's... I, I, honestly, I don't have an answer for you for this. Uh, you know, there's people out there like, you know, Jocko and David Goggins and stuff like that will sit there and just get in your face and do stuff. But everyone's different. Are I, you a David Goggins fan? Please say no. Uh I don't want to bag... I'm not bagging him out. He's a machine at what he does. But no, I'm not mm. uh, a massive fan. Mm. I don't just... I don't get into that in-your-face type... The rah 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 Yeah, I don't... That's just me. Um, a lot of people do. And it works for a lot of people. I, like, I don't know. I know it works for me. Like, there's times for me where... And you know this. Like, I've spoken to you about this, um, you know, when we chat offline. But there's times where... I struggle to get out of bed for a week at a time. Like I won't leave the house for a week at a time just because I, because of the negative self-talk, because I just feel, I feel dark. It's, and it's hard to explain to people. And a lot of people don't understand. Like I can not say I can have a restless night's sleep or there's times and like I've been to doctors I've been on various medications for sleep, for anxiety, for depression. Um, and I say to people, and like, because people ask, they're like, I don't understand, you know, what it's like. And people that have seen me in, in the highest of highs, um, I say, you know, some mornings I just wake up or I don't, you know, don't sleep like I sort of semi-sleep, if that makes sense have um bad dreams nightmares whatever um but you wake up with this like a knot in your stomach and it's just like i just don't want to face the world like i don't even want to face the coffee shop over the road and it's people some people don't get it and i understand like if you don't you haven't gone through i didn't understand it like i i still feel ashamed to it to this day where i saw guys from special forces units um only because that's who i worked with suffering you know mental health which is post-traumatic stress and i just remember sitting there and there was so much bravado and this is the ego thing and it's i'm very ashamed of it but you know i try and educate as many people as i can about it um remember just sitting there going uh you weak individual, like you, you know, for lack of a better term, you weak fuck. Just grip it up and fucking sort it out. Well, you were thinking that about him. Yeah, I was thinking that. When about he that. was talking about mental health issues. Yeah, because yeah. um, I was just, I'd never gone through anything. I, I just didn't understand. Uh, and then you go through it and then, you know, later in life, you know, when there's times... And I'm just using week as a numerical value. Like it's, you know, it can be a day, can be, it's never been longer than a week. Well, five days, let's say a working week. <laughs> but um, yeah, you just, it's, it's weird. Like I get jittery, I get shaky, anxious, like where to the point where I've got to focus on my own breathing. Like, you know, I do sort of deep breaths in, deep breaths out and just cruise around and, like the a part of me just 
wants to spend all day in bed and in darkness. But I force myself to turn the light on, to open, open up the house, um, to go outside. And it, it sucks. And then I'll have a good night's sleep and wake up fine the next day or whenever. You know, there's no hidden ritual. It's, it's, it's tough. So um, I don't know what works for me is just riding, basically riding the lightning, riding it out. But I don't know if that works for everyone else. So I, I don't, to, to answer your question, again, I'm beating around the bush here, but I don't, no, but I don't have an answer. Going going off that side tangent, as a, as a mate, it's really hard. Like I'll know if you've had, like because you won't answer the phone, which is unusual, like you always pick up the phone, if I ring. Um, so I'll be like, okay, he's not like I'll know that you're having a really like a low day. And as a mate of like as and it's probably just my personality, I know that you've got to write it out because you've told me that's what you need to do. But I just want to like fix you. <laughs> come, come on, <laughs> put a bandaid on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know, know. like I, I it's, that's my nature. Like I just want to be like, do I just want to have the magic wand to be able to like he's fine, yeah. and then you'll ring me and be like, yeah, okay, like I had a couple of bad days, like it's fine. Like, I'm fine now. Yeah. I know, for me, I know not what to do, if that makes sense. Mm. But I just, sometimes, you just, like, for me, I just got to ride it out. Um, that's me. I don't but if you've got, like, if you've got no bandwidth to, to really, for yourself, you're not going to have any bandwidth for anybody else. No. And so, you get it. But I'm not saying in terms of, I'm just saying, like, I want to. Yeah, help. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. want to make it all better, you know. I, I would love to give your listeners a uh, golden, I don't know, like I said, Jocko and Goggins work for people. They don't work for me. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of good Australian, uh, like, you know, obviously uh, Dylan from Brothers and Books. You know, I, I, I've gotten back into reading heavily mm. um, through through him and what genres are you reading everything pretty much what you see behind you um oh my goodness i didn't even notice there were so many books behind me yeah. what a library yeah so um oh my goodness i'm loving your games down there yeah good old jenga yeah you can't beat jenga oh but my some... god do you know i had a giant jenga at my wedding no yeah oh like one of the big ones yeah yeah like waist high yeah. jenga yeah wow. No, one, the of the best. Best, uh, one of the best books I read was uh, Sean Austin. He's a, an Australian uh, former military, but he, he did poetry, but he, um, it's called In Plain Sight. So he wrote poems and then he matched the poem up with like a story in his life. And it was... Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't think I'd ever like it. And then I read it and I was just like, bam. Did you stay away from action stuff? Um Originally, no. As you can see, there's a lot of action stuff down there. But um, I don't know. It's behind me. It's going to hurt my neck. <laughs> now, now that uh, yeah, I've done everything. Um, one of my favourite authors is a guy by the name of Dan Shillings. Uh, he was in Black Hawk Down. Yes, I've heard of Dan. Well, yeah. I've heard of Dan through you guys. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was actually on the ground that day. So he's written several good books, and he's got an amazing one at the moment called The Power of Awareness, which just talks to people about situational awareness and especially for women mm. um, about how they can be safer in society. And it's really good. Um, it, 
it'll be amazing. Like it's amazing in the US because obviously there's a higher threat level over there. But um, mm. yeah, it's a really good book. I don't think men understand. Like I have this conversation with Andrew all the time. Like they just don't, you just don't get the on alert situation. Like we are. If you think about it, we are the gazelle <laughs> in the in the plane on the savannah. You know what I mean? Like we are looking out for everything a lot of the time because we're not the line. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Physically, I mean that's a that's a reality of it. Yeah, it is. It's. I don't know. I, I just think us as Australians, because we are in a gifted country, we're in a beautiful country. Well, that's because of people like yourself. <laughs> Definitely not because of me. But um, yeah, it's, I think we're just lucky. Like it is the lucky country, you know, for, mm. for lack of a better a, a better term or to steal someone else's term. As but, long as you're not in Victoria. <laughs> Well, you Says just the former Reto- Re- Victorian. Are we, are we allowed to get uh, <laughs> No, that's all I'm going to say. That is all I'm saying. He's because so lit- The political system down there is very litigious, so yeah. I'm not going to say anything Most else. Most lockdown place in the world. In the world, yes. Well, not now, but previously. Well, it's such a beautiful. It's such a beautiful state, though. Not anymore. In my opinion. Anyway, that's for various reasons. We just, we'll leave it there. <laughs> People you can, can edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> People can jump on YouTube. I've said it before. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we're 55 minutes in, honey. Oh, that's good. I know. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think I've pretty much talked myself out. You've got to speak later today. I do. I do have to speak later today. So I've got to save a little bit. Okay, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else that uh, you want to know? Um I just want to know if you know anything that's coming down the pipe for next year. No, I don't, actually. Okay. That's exciting, though. It is. It is. It's uh, It's very exciting. So there probably won't be another book. I'm sorry to break it to everyone who, people who... But hopefully like. there'll be a full feature-length movie. Fingers crossed. There will definitely be a uh, short film, 12 to 15-minute short film. You're not going to do poetry and then write stories that marry up like the other guy did? Uh, no, I don't have that ability. I'm not that uh, intelligent. So. I think you saw yourself short. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'll sit to uh, getting on my sports bet account for those out there. No, yes. don't. No. <laughs> I'm not plugging gambling. Sportsbet.com.au. No, no. <laughs> I'm editing that one out. Or oh, Ladbrokes, no. whoever whoever wants to sponsor <laughs> either it. one of us. Uh, yeah, oh, just someone to sponsor yeah. the podcast, but yeah. until then, get stuffed. Um, the other thing is, when are you doing the van life situation? Uh, yeah. Because you said the... you wanted to. Yeah, I do, but it's got to fit in with my fiance. So You're going to come and you have to check out Dora. Yeah, I do have to check out Dora, actually. Dora the Explorer yeah. is the name of our van, for those that don't know. You actually had me there because I was thinking of something else that your husband and I were talking about. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Are you are you talking about... Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, not, we're, not, <laughs> we're not giving away our secrets here. So. Yeah, we're not. I'll have to edit it, edit <laughs> yeah. it out otherwise. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave it there, honey. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me on again. And thank, this is, uh, thank you for being the last podcast but not the last episode <laughs> all right <laughs> 
Thanks for taking a moment to listen, everyone. We hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us. If you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration, then please share this podcast with them. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us to keep making them. 